What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Diggers podcast here on the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Carrera, and with me, as always, on a Friday from the Ball Blast Football Podcast, Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? Woo woo! Shouting out that Ball Blast Football Podcast, I hear. Got to give it some love. I want people to know you also work at NFL Network. Uh, this is set two days in a row for us because you joined Levin and I on the Gold Standard yesterday for a spirited discussion about Trey Lance, which everybody should go and check out. I want to talk about that a little today because I didn't I'm get gonna to let talk you about talk it at all. Today. I'm going to let you talk today. Uh, you're allowed to speak on this podcast. Uh, I'm very sorry I took over the other one. People are probably so sick of hearing me talk now <laughs> that I'm going to try to limit my characters today. It wasn't just you. It was 11-2, so don't worry about that. Before we get into all of that, I want to remind everybody, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We really appreciate every single rating and review you give us, even the bad ones. I always promise to read them all on the air, and I do, which brings me to this, unfortunately. Michelle, this is from MT Grizz. Two stars, which I know you're opposed to just on general principle. I know. Just do the one. Not a fan, this person says. I'll start off by saying I love the 49ers in five that you put out. A must for any 49ers fan. However, the negativity of Rob Guerrero just gets old on the regular podcast. He reminds me of Grant Cohn, which is not a good thing. Thankfully, I found other 49ers podcasts that I like the host for much better. Do you want to fight Javon Kinlaw? (laughs) (laughs) First, I'm glad that you enjoy the 49ers in five, which is hosted by (laughs) the person that you don't like. So that's a little weird to me, but hey, you do you. Again, I never try to be negative, but I will never sell you sunshine and rainbows all the time. Stuff goes wrong and is weird with teams. And when it is, and when I notice it, I point it out. That's it. That's the only thing that I do. I don't want to be negative. There were so many times last year where the 49ers would win a game and I'd be doing the instant reaction show and I'd be saying, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo did some crazy things. Let's not focus on that right now. We won the game. Let's be positive. I'm trying to be the positive guy, but sometimes I can't, you can't be that all the time. And I guess people don't like it. Listen, I think this offseason, you have been a straight homer. So I don't See? know what this what this guy's talking about, guy or girl. Sorry, I didn't look at the name. But I, I feel like you've been, you know, you haven't been pessimistic this offseason. You think, you know, you and the, the rest of the world thinks Trey Lance is going off for 5,000 yards. He's going to win MVP. If Jimmy Garoppolo can get him to the NFC Championship, then they're definitely going to the Super Bowl. Like, you guys are very optimistic. I'm right there with you. I think they have a good shot at going to the Super Bowl. Maybe not so much Trey Lance having 5,000 yards, but. Which I've never said for the record. Like you, you conflate me with some of the crazies on Twitter. Guys, if he gets 4,300 passing yards, he's going to put up 500 rushing yards. That's a given. That's almost 5,000 yards you're calling for in year one. That is a high high expectation. That's all I'm saying. You guys are being very optimistic. So I, I'm not even trying to get back into that right now. Yeah. Just saying you're not being a little grumpy monkey like you normally are. So I have listened to the show that you did with Levin and I yesterday twice now, because I never really got to weigh in on which side I felt like I agreed with more. And I have to say, I have to come down on your side. Well, thank you. 
I thought you made Levin's argument. I understand where he was coming from in that with this team and in Kyle's system, there's potential there. But when you look at the historical context of how few people have thrown for that many yards in their first 17 games, which is essentially what this would be for Trey Lance, it's incredibly unlikely. And Levin's original tweet was that it would not be controversial at all to say that the record falls. And so I think the combination of those two things pushed me over to your side. Although you did say, and you were right, you came like loaded with ammunition. Like there's that old Rambo movie where Sylvester Stallone's wearing the bullets all over him. I felt like that was you. You had stats on one shoulder, historical <laughs> context on the other. Like you brought it. Well, Eleven came with one note and everyone's like, good job, Levin. You said he repeated the same no statistic how many times? Uh, he did repeat a similar argument nine different times yeah, on the show. Nine times. All right. I, I feel like, yeah, my my uh, debate was better. It doesn't mean I'm going to win the debate. Like, we'll see what happens. Or it doesn't mean I'm going to win when it when it's all said and done. Maybe Trey Lance hits it. But I feel like my debate was stronger. And that's what I want. I'm going to give myself a little pat on the back since Levin isn't here to, you know, <laughs> well, <laughs> to argue against me. So I tried to tell him before it started. I sent him a message. I was like, dude, just so you know, Michelle's no joke. Like Michelle will bring it in an argument. You Billy clubbed me a couple of times. And uh, so I told him to be prepared. And I thought you were, you were ready to go. Like no matter what he said, you were going to have a, a response to it. Lavin did a good job too. I'll give him credit. Well, the, the thing that he said to me that I agreed with off the air was that like, neither one of you back down. Like, you're the two most combative Niners Nation hosts that we have, aside from me. And so I don't know if we could have done that with anybody else. So I appreciate it. Everybody should go and check that out. Um, we'll see what Trey does. But in that vein, what I wanted to get into on today's show, since the Niners were off yesterday, so we don't have a, a practice to react to, they have joint practices with the Vikings coming up uh, August 17th and 18th. So a couple of weeks away. But I'm kind of in the Kyle Shanahan camp because I think that they are going to be massively, massively important. And they are going to tell us a ton about Trey Lance. You know, a lot of people are saying they tweet out the past numbers and they're like, well, he's kind of struggling. And then you read, well, but the Niners have dropped some passes. And then you hear the coaches say, well, the defense knows all the plays. So there's that whole aspect of it too, right? So then it's like, eventually it gets to a point where practicing against the same team, running the same plays every day, doesn't give you any new information. But when they go against the Vikings, it's a different defense that doesn't know the plays. They're going to be running different plays. So I'm really eager to get to that point because I feel like we have learned all we can learn about Trey going up against the Niners defense. I'm really excited for these practices. I think it's almost like a perfect team to go against for both the defense and the offense, because with Trey Lance, so much of it that I want to see is that he's getting the ball out quicker. It, it, you know, he's processing quicker and I want to see the offensive line and if they can hold up now, the Vikings defense isn't that great, especially in the secondary. They're pretty bad. They have some young pieces, so we'll see if they've, caught on quickly or not like that's not really important but the defensive line for the Vikings they have some strong pieces there and I think they can get to the quarterback so I'm I'm very interested to see how that offensive line holds up against those guys how Trey Lance reacts if he does have pressure 
And then going against a kind of a softer secondary, he should be able to make some big plays and see how he can work there. Like I'm excited that he's going up against a team that it's it's kind of that way where with a strong defensive line, a weaker secondary, and we should be able to learn a ton about Trey Lance in these practices. That's a good point about the offensive line that I didn't even think of. Because, you know, right now, Spencer Burford is locking down the right guard spot. Rookie fourth rounder. Like, okay, I mean, it sounds like he's doing good and the Niners have a good defensive line. So if he's holding his own there, that's encouraging. But it's just different when you're playing somebody else. Like, the the Vikings are going to want to embarrass the 49ers. Especially, got a lot of guys there, you know, fighting for spots. They're going to want to go full bore. So let's see how they hold up. That's a really good point about the offensive line. And the other thing is this. I want to see what the Vikings say about Trey Lance, right? You would no 49ers going to say anything negative about Trey Lance right now. They're just not going to do it. Maybe Jimmy Ward would maybe, but he's been pretty, pretty effusive in his praise, but they're not going to trash their own guy. There's not, there's no value in that for them. The Vikings don't care about that. The Vikings will say, honestly, I think they'll be honest about Trey Lance. And I said the same thing last year because people forget. And boy, did they drag me through the ringer for this one because I was Mr. Negative. This is a perfect example of me being negative that people didn't like. When the 49ers had joint practices with the Chargers last year, they were openly making fun of Jimmy Garoppolo at the practice. They were laughing at him. They were joking about, oh, they pay him too much in San. They pay the quarterbacks too much in San Francisco. They were making fun of Jimmy Garoppolo. And remember, this was in Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch were trying to sell us the idea that not only was Jimmy Garoppolo good, it was the best version of Jimmy Garoppolo ever that we had ever seen. And yet when the, another team saw him, they were laughing at him on the field. To me, that told me everything you needed to know about the BS that the Niners were trying to sell at that point. So when Trey Lance goes up against another team now, I want to see what they say about him. I will value that a lot more than George Kittle just praising them, praising Trey Lance for the thousandth time. It's weird to me that any players would be like laughing at another. Like, I wouldn't expect to learn anything from about Trey Lance from the Vikings players. Like, I wouldn't expect them to say anything. So it's weird to me the Chargers did that last year. I guess I missed that, especially when the Chargers defense was pretty crappy last year. And then, you know, at least Jimmy did go to the NFC Championship. So I guess he gets the last laugh there. Well, but- it, it wasn't at a podium. They didn't say it at a podium. They were. It was at practice, and Kyle Posey and other people were there and just heard them on the field. Okay. I do expect, you know, maybe the beat reporters for the Vikings to chime in on, on how Trey Lance looks, and they're not, you know, they don't have to be worried that if they say something negative that the fans are going to flip their sh- on on them because God forbid, you know, everything isn't a glowing review. So I do think we might get more honest opinions from the beat reporters if they do chime in on how the 49ers look. That's a good point too. I should keep an eye on some of those. I'm actually relatively friendly with their radio play-by-play voice, Paul Allen, who's phenomenal. One of the best NFL announcers and just general play-by-play announcers in the business. I should, I should try and get him on because I'm sure he'll be hearing stuff about the joint practices as well. But yeah, I value, you know, you have to learn sources on stuff. Who's a good source. Who's a bad source. You can't just say like, oh, well, this person has a giant platform, so they must know what they're talking about. That is clearly not true, whether it's sports or other things in life. And so you got to evaluate like George. Like I said, George Kittle's never going to bash Trey Lance. So when he's praising him, I always take that with a grain of salt. 
So we'll see what the uh, the Vikings players say. I'm I'm fascinated. Like we can't get there fast enough for me. I think even on the defensive side of the ball with these new pieces, like this is a great practice team to go up against. Like Charvarius Ward immediately is going to have to go up against maybe the best wide receiver in the league with Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. That's going to be, I don't even want to say telling because if Justin Jefferson, you know, whips up on Ward, it's like, well, he's Justin Jefferson. <laughs> but if Charvarius Ward can hold his own and he's still being really sticky in coverage, even with the Lex, even if he's on Thielen sometimes, like he's a great wide receiver as well. But if we're still seeing him like be really great in coverage in these practices, it's like, wow, you guys really, I already think you got a steal in free agency, but that would be really awesome to see. But also like, let's see what the other guys can do besides Ward. Because as I just said, Adam Thielen is no no mediocre wide receiver. He's a very good wide receiver. He's a little bit older, but let's see how they handle him as well um, on the opposite side or in the slot. I think, this is just a, a great matchup for them. Uh, the defensive line should dominate because the Vikings offensive line, especially interior is really bad. Uh, so, you know, they're going to do their thing, but really excited for these practices. I wish they weren't two more weeks away. I know it's I'm jumping the gun here a little bit, but I'm chomping at the bit. I just, I want to see how everybody holds up and, I do have to wonder if maybe Kyle Shanahan just arranged this with the Vikings just so he could see Kirk Cousins one more time. I don't know. Like <laughs> it crossed my mind. He does love him some Kirk. Kirk is a good quarterback. He's not a bad quarterback. It's funny you mentioned that. On the SB Nation NFL show, me and one of my co-hosts, RJ Ochoa, have put out this opinion. Somehow, like people are trying to like pin this on us. They think it's like a bad thing. What we have said is. Kirk Cousins is not as bad as everyone says he is. That's the take that we had. And people are like, you guys love Kirk Cousins. He's not a bad quarterback. And he's definitely not as bad as people say. He's just not. He's not anything amazing, but he's a solid, solid player, especially for somebody that was drafted in what? The fourth round? Yeah. And even if he was drafted in the first, he'd be a solid quarterback. He's a solid quarterback. No one's calling like he's not going to scramble and make these elite plays when stuff doesn't go his way. No, but he he's going to get the job done and he's won in tight games like he's he's a good quarterback. He knows how to get the ball accurately to places. He can throw it deep and they don't allow him to throw it a ton. But I think this year is going to change that. I'm I think Kirk Cousins is going to have a big year. Would you take Kirk Cousins as your starting quarterback right now as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan? A hundred gazillion percent. I bet that's not really fair because I would take so many quarterbacks at this point <laughs> over what we have. Like I know I've shown some optimism with Mitch Trubisky um, this off season, hoping that in a better system, maybe he'll look better. But <sighs> I was patient the first week of training camp because most quarterbacks look bad. And then you get into the second week and it's like, okay, he's still, it's like going, it's getting worse instead of better. And Who tried to tell disaster. You? Who tried to tell you that Mitch yeah. Trubisky wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not looking good so far. And I would take pretty much any quarterback. I might even take Jimmy at this point. Wow. You are desperate. Yeah. Good Lord. I think they'll look. Do you think they'll look into it if the 49ers cut him? I don't know how they do unless they plan on moving on from Mitch Trubisky. Like, what are you going to do? Have Mitch Pickett and Jimmy all in the same room? Like, you're not going to hold three guys and then just like cut Mason. I don't know. It seems it yeah, seems well, like they jumped the gun with signing Mitch Trubisky. So like the second free agency started yes. because Baker Mayfield ended up being available. I would prefer him over. Oh, my God. I would love Baker right now on the Steelers. So but 
and then they drafted a stupid quarterback in the first <laughs> round when nobody else was going to like, they just, they made too many mistakes already. I don't think you can then also go sign Jimmy. I don't think Jimmy would be a mistake for them, especially because they'll probably get him on a reasonable deal. He's the best option that they have there. They would right have now. to cut him. The Niners would have to cut yeah, him. Yeah. yeah. And then Which maybe, I, yeah, and then I Jimmy would have to, to be willing to play on a very small contract. Get rid of Trubisky, dump him. Well, get rid I was of Trubisky. saying, Give send Trubisky to the 49ers. You guys still need a backup, right? I like agree. Backups are pretty brutal. It, like obviously it would be very you tell Lance, like obviously Trubisky would have no fight, no competition. Like he's a clear-cut <laughs> backup. But I also think having a vet in the room, like Trubisky's a good guy. Like it seems like players like to play with him, but they know he's not very good. But he's a good leader, a good guy. Like I think he could help Lance. Um, just in the locker room and, you know, just with the prep and all that stuff. I, I think he would be a good guy to have in that quarterback group. So send Trubisky to the 49ers and then that gets rid of his contract, which is still smaller than Lance's by a good chunk. We get Lance and send over like a six round pick. I would do it. Honestly, or, like not Lance, Lance. We get Jimmy. Obviously we wouldn't yeah, get Lance. Right. <laughs> I would love that. But yeah, I don't like, I, I get tired of talking about the 49ers backup quarterback because like, if you have a good starter, you shouldn't have to give a shit about the backup quarterback. So it's frustrating to talk about. But yeah, but he, injuries happen, and then right. even even if it's just for one or two games, you still need a guy that can at least come in and pop. Like Colt McCoy's uh, 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 okay enough. Don't say that backup. name on this podcast, damn it. There's a lot of quarterbacks that aren't very good as if they needed to play a whole season, but they can get it done for a game or two. I think you need one of those, and I don't. I don't think Brock Purdy is going to be doing it. Brock Purdy ain't doing it. Nate Sudfeld ain't doing it. Well, Nate Sudfeld um, definitely doing it. He's the backup right now. Sudfeld's the number two guy, which is absurd to me. That's why I was saying uh, there were rumors about Jimmy and the Giants. Like, great, give us Tyrod Taylor back. I would do that straight up because you get Jimmy's also money. Be great for Lance. Like, yes. I, I think getting a vet in this room, that's obviously not Jimmy Garoppolo because there's just too much there. There's too much there. He yep. has too much history with the team. Get a different vet. That's the clear cut backup that can help out Lance. I think that'd be really good for the team. So I think actually, if you guys wanted to trade Jimmy and get anything, maybe that could happen if the Steelers are like, oh goodness, Mitch is not, not doing it, but they're too stubborn. And all of a sudden Mason Rudolph has a chance to win the job. Like get out of here. Right. Like if you drafted Kenny Pickett in the first round and he can't beat out Mason Rudolph, that's a bad pick. That's a bad pick. Like, you're talking about this isn't, you know, a fourth round quarterback that you're taking a flyer on. You're talking about a first round quarterback. If he can't beat out Mason Rudolph, you're in trouble. Just that's our little Steelers diversion. We're already in trouble. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, there's something happening in the NFC West that as a 49ers fan is kind of interesting to me. And I'm there's a little bit of schadenfreude going on right now. We'll explain when we come back. Back here on the Gold Diggers podcast. Okay, Michelle. Earlier in the offseason, what was the talk of Trey Lance? It was all arm fatigue, arm fatigue. He gets sore. He's had to sit out oh, days. don't gloat, Stats. Don't gloat. That's not a good look. <laughs> Pro football talk. I'm just going to pull up this quote from Sean McVay talking about their quarterback, Matt Stafford, who reportedly has, quote, bad tendonitis. Sean McVay said, it's a little bit abnormal for a quarterback. Some of this stuff is things that MLB pitchers deal with. So it's something that we're kind of learning about on the fly and his feedback. We're really trying to just figure out, okay, how do we get in the best plan? 
in place to try and minimize some of the things that he was having to push through last year. That sounds like arm fatigue to me, Michelle. That sounds like a big deal for the defending Super Bowl champions to have their quarterback with an arm injury that they're still trying to figure out what it is and how to deal with it. Am I am I being a homer? No, I don't think so. I, I think this is worrisome. It's weird that they can't figure it out what it is. Like, what's going on? Like, there has to be something, like, something wrong with this elbow. And if there is nothing wrong, then... I don't know. It doesn't really make sense to, can they just keep like drugging him up every game? And he's not going to like, it's not going to affect him in, in his play. Like what I was saying to you, when we were talking about this before we got on the pod, it's weird to me that he was dealing with this last year and he got better as the season went on. <laughs> and then in the playoffs, he was like unstoppable. And he was dealing with like a sip, like this exact injury. Maybe it's gotten worse. I don't know, but it's weird to me that he got better. This is, I, I am a little bit nervous as someone who plays fantasy football, as someone that's very happy to take uh, Cooper Cup early in drafts. This is making me a little nervous. I don't know. When I hear baseball type injury and elbow, I think Tommy John surgery. That's generally when pitchers have problems with their arm. It's an elbow issue. It usually ends up being Tommy John, which for a pitcher is it's like the equivalent of an ACL for a pitcher. Like you're done for the year and that's it. Now, maybe for a football player, it's different. I don't know. Maybe this isn't that same type of injury. I don't know. Or maybe but, it's holding on with like the last thread. Like there's nothing there yet, but like could be. maybe it could be getting close to like Ben, Big Ben territory where, you know, the three ligaments tore off pretty much. Oof. And yeah, that's, that's terrible. But I am like, maybe he can push through it this year, right? Maybe he gets through the 17 games and it's very uncomfortable for him, but he, is a super tough player and he gets through and his play is not affected that much, but how long can his career really go on like this? Like if he keeps having this pain, they never figure it out. It's like, I can't picture him doing this for multiple seasons and keep going. And who, you know, it's one thing to just have this pain. What about when he takes a helmet to the elbow or he lands on the elbow during the year? It's not like, well, no, it's not going to get any worse because nobody's going to touch him. Like, no, that is not the case. I'm sure it'll be tested because everybody now knows that he's got an elbow problem. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on if you're a 49ers fan. They play the Rams in week four early in the year this year. They have a really, really hard schedule. Um... L.A., you're talking. Yeah, the the Rams have a really hard schedule. Like there's mm -hmm. like there's four easy games on the schedule. Atlanta, they should win. The Panthers, which I like I they obviously should win, but that might not even be easy. And then they have two games against the Seahawks. Those are the only four games that I'm like easy definite wins, but even the Seahawks are two games in in the division, which is just never actually that easy. So, I don't know. It's a brutal schedule everywhere else. Opening the season against the Bills, like you win a title, yeah. the opening week is basically like a court. It's like a celebration. Like you, they should give you kind of a cupcake there, right? So it's like, okay, defending champ, you know. And you, that defense is no joke. The Bills. <laughs> now you gotta play Josh Allen and the Bills. Okay. I will say, if Matthew Stafford doesn't somehow play Week One, like if something happens to him where they take him out, and then we have to watch a backup. John Wolford. Yeah, versus like this amazing game we're supposed to get to open up the season and it ends up getting taken away from us. That would be yeah. sad. Uh, and that's not the only quarterback issue in the NFC West right now because this whole Kyler Murray situation, I don't like it, Michelle. Did you see what Cliff Kingsbury said this week? I did. 
Uh, and when I read it, I just rolled my eyes. I, A, A, you know, Kyler Murray needs to like just relax in general. I just feel like he's like that little, I don't know, what's the right word for him? Like jerky, jerky little teenager. He almost like has like that, <laughs> sure? that persona comes off of him. But it like, I've always thought this, not just the last couple, you know, it, it hasn't just happened just because of this off season where I think that. But why do they keep saying this stuff? Like, why yes. do they keep letting this information get out about Kyler Murray? That's what's weird about it. It's like they keep thinking like, ha, ah, we're going to do all this. It's like it's making him look bad. Like, why do you guys want him to look bad? That's weird to me. You just paid him. So for anyone that doesn't know, I'll read the quote. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury was asked about having Kyler Murray call the plays uh, via radio on it was Saturday. And here's what Cliff said, quote, I just wanted him to know that, hey, this shit ain't easy. Every now and then he starts shaking his head when I'm calling it in there. I'm like, all right, go ahead, big dog. Now, first of all, calling the shortest quarterback in the league big dog is <laughs> that's, that's a little shade there from Cliff. And, you know, look, I could be reading this through 49ers colored glasses, but that quote to me, that sounds like Cliff was legitimately pissed off and just kind of said to Kyler, okay, let's see if you can do better. And to me, like the solution to that is not throwing him the radio and saying, you do it. It's two guys getting in a room and hashing it out and saying, okay, which plays don't you like? Why don't you like them? Can we change it? Or do we throw it out of the game plan? Like that's not the way you handle that. And your point is spot on. Just shut up. Nobody needs to know this. Cliff could have easily just said, Hey, we think it'd be a good experience for Kyler. You see the game from a different perspective. Boom, done, right? And then it's not a thing. But they keep stepping in dog shit over and over again. It's it's such a mess. It's like a teacher, you know, like if you're a teacher and one of your students is like not happy with you rolling their eyes and not thinking you're doing a good job. And then you're like, you come up here and teach. Like, that's not, <laughs> that's not going to work out. Like, and then you're just like, what was Cliff doing? Like rooting for Kyler Murray to like suck at it. Right. It's like, what if he was good at it? I don't know. It's just <laughs> such a weird thing to me. Like you said, like sit in a room, discuss it. Like also like, why are you rolling your eyes at me? Like, why are you a child? Like, that's weird to me or not rolling our eyes, shaking, shaking your, head your head when I, shaking your head when I call it in. These are all things that I don't know why they're being leaked out or why they're like, I don't know if like he thought this was like a funny thing or a cool coaching moment that he wanted to share, but that's, that's not how it came off. I talked about this with one of my other SB Nation NFL hosts and his argument back was, well, we haven't heard it. Maybe he said it with a different inflection that gives it a different meaning. But I've reread this quote multiple times. I don't know what inflection you could read it with that makes it sound any better. And I do agree that there are times when things that are spoken come off much, much differently than when you read them in print. But I don't think this is one of those times, especially with everything that happened before this with Kyler Murray. Yeah. And I mean, the Cardinals right now are pretty much they're all over the place. You have Marquise Brown driving 126 miles per hour on 7 a.m. in the morning, which I'll never understand how there's no traffic in Arizona because <laughs> I just live in a city that has far too much traffic where I'm lucky to go 20 miles per hour at 7 a.m. I don't even know how that's possible, but an idiot to be driving 126 miles per hour ever. Like, just come on, dude, use your brain. Why do NFL, some NFL players do not use the brain. Use the brain that God gave you, please. And then you have 
DeAndre Hopkins getting suspended for six games. You have all this Kyler Murray stuff. You have them adding pretty much no pieces in the offseason to help out their team that struggled at the end of last season and were terrible in the playoffs. It's like the Cardinals went from being 7-0 to a team that I don't even think will be pushing for a playoff spot next year. It is crazy to think, like, since that Packers game, that was their first loss of the year last year was the Green Bay game. And since then, it's just been a downward spiral for Arizona. And I look in the NFC West, Michelle, 49ers are the only team without quarterback issues, which is weird to say because they've been in this quarterback quandary for so long. The Seahawks are a disaster. Matt Stafford's got mystery elbow problems. And Kyler Murray, like, hates his coach. Like, the 49ers all of a sudden are looking pretty damn stable in terms of quarterback spots. Oh, listen, the 49ers are stable right now in quarterback spots. I am so jealous. If I had Trey Lance on the Steelers, I would be pumped, pumped for the future. Um, so, yeah, you guys are in a great spot, and you should feel lucky because not every fan base gets to feel that, okay? <laughs> hey, look, we've been swimming in it for a I'm old enough to remember the 49ers in 2005, 2006. The early 2000s were dark, dark days for the 49ers quarterback situation. We went into a season with JT O'Sullivan as the starting quarterback. And I was thinking, hey, maybe this JT guy could be something. And I <laughs> love JT O'Sullivan. We've had him on this show, or not this show, but this network many times. He's great. But he wasn't a franchise quarterback. It's crazy what you'll talk yourself into. Yeah, yeah yes. that's what I did this offseason. You're like, maybe, like, if everything goes the right way, they can just do it. I, I have yet to talk myself into ever thinking that Kenny Pickett can be good, though. So I'm not there yet. Tiny baby hands, Kenny Pickett. <laughs> baby hands, Sam Darnold. Jeez, that's a bad, that's a bad bad combination what's your over under for the Steelers win total like what do you what's your ball still win at least eight games how much different is it if Jimmy's there then I think they'd win 10 plus games and have mm. a real shot in the playoffs It'd be interesting I want Baker Mayfield <laughs> real like so if Baker and Jimmy were free agents you would want Baker over Baker, him uh, yeah just because he's younger ten times and I think has way more potential way better arm yeah. Way better arm. Way better arm. Baker has a cannon. Like, I don't think people realize, like, the dude can, he can I'm throw it like I'm very excited yards. to see him with the Panthers this year. I think the Panthers can be a sneaky good team. I, I don't know about playoff team. I don't know. The NFC sucks, so maybe. <laughs> maybe they'll be pushing for it. But I, like, I, the competition seems like it's already over in camp. Baker Mayfield's just destroying Sam Darnold in every way. So as long as Matt Rule makes the right decision, I'm excited to see him play. I think they're going to be pretty solid. I want to see, great, bring on Baker because Nick Bosa hates Baker Mayfield's guts because he was waving the flag in college. And every yeah. time he plays him, he makes it his personal mission to destroy him. So, Well, Nick Bosa destroys every quarterback. That's true. Looking forward to week five. I love Jimmy Ward's comment, by the way. Did you see it this week? He was like, yeah, I think Brandon Ayuk's having the best camp of anybody. Oh, wait. Well, except for Bosa. Bosa's going to bo like. He's just universally acknowledged as this like unstoppable wrecking ball. He could lead the league this year in uh sacks, and I would not be surprised. Nick Bose is just gonna keep getting better and better and better. I heard this, and you know, I'm gonna try and check it really quickly because I heard it yesterday. I did a podcast with Brian Peacock of Lockdown 49ers, and he said that Nick Bosa's over-under for sacks this year was like 12 or 12 and a half. If that's true, take a significant amount of money and bet it on the over. Cause I think the only way Nick Bosa doesn't get 12 and a half sacks is if he gets hurt. If he plays, 
He's going to get it. He got 15 and a half last year and he was coming off a destroyed knee. But the biggest issue with me with doing these type of bets before the season is that injuries can happen. If he misses five games, even if he doesn't miss the whole season, he misses like that can mess with these and you don't get extra money even though you have to wait the entire year for it to happen or you bring on that injury risk. I always think that those type of bets are so stupid because I'm like, I should be getting way better odds for this. Like I shouldn't be like betting a hundred dollars just to win a hundred dollars when I'm betting it before the season starts, not knowing what's going to happen whatsoever. And if they get injured, I don't get my money back. Like I, I don't like taking those bets on, but you're right. If he stays healthy, he's going to destroy that over under. You can bet on him. I'm looking at DraftKings right now. His odds to have the most sacks in the league is plus 1,000. That's third best. It goes TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa. I would not make that bet. TJ Watt is unbelievable. But if I if you can find the Bosa over under and it's 12, to me, I feel like you have to do but it. But it's probably like for plus 100 or minus 100. Like you're not going to – you would have to put down so much money to just win it and then – I don't know. You I don't wait mind a whole put- year. You have to wait a whole year. You have to hope he doesn't get injured. I would rather take the plus 1000 bet that he leads the league in sacks. So this is my question. Do you have to wait a whole year? Like, let's say he gets it through week 12. Do you get your money immediately then? Or do you literally have to wait for the year to be over? I don't know how that works. Actually. I, I'm betting that I'm guessing that you have to wait for the year to be over. I don't know why. Cause you can't lose sacks. Right. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Actually. I don't know the answer. My favorite moment of the offseason was when you were like, you 49er fans are too crazy about Trey Lance. Your expectations are way out of control. And my response to you was a screenshot of the bet I made on Trey Lance to an MVP in like February. (laughs) Oh my goodness. You guys are crazy. Crazy. Because I feel like he's going to have a really solid season, but all of your guys' expectations are through the roof that you're going to be disappointed. All I'm going to say is the last time I bet on the 49ers to do something big, was 2019 and I bet on them to get to the Super Bowl. And what happened? They How got to the Super Bowl. A sig- enough to put a new deck on my house. Nice. <laughs> I love that. I will say I wanted to bring up, I don't know if we have anything else to discuss on the pod today, but I'm joining Stats' fantasy league with his, yeah. with his friends and I'm very excited. Guys, he plays in standard scoring league. Not, not half PPR not like PPR is the best, but not even half PPR where it's like old men are finally starting to go along with half PPR, but you're like, you're the oldest of man that you're still stuck in the world where you play in a standard scoring fantasy league. Something is wrong with you. First of all, you joined it. So I don't want to hear any chuckles. I joined from it you. before I knew the scoring format. I still would have joined it anyways, but you know, the only other standard league I'm in is my father's because he refuses to change the scoring with him and his buddies. And that's exactly who you are. You're an old man who will not change his ways. I don't like PPR. Why should you get a point for a catch? It's so Half PPR should be the norm. That's Why? the new standard. It's so easy to get a catch in the NFL. If you have five catches for five yards, you should have more points than somebody who has yeah, one or two catches I, I for more yards. I go through this fight all the time with my father, right? So how many times do you have a guy that did nothing on a, uh, on a, on a play, did nothing on the entire offensive uh, uh, possession, and then all of a sudden they get an inch touchdown where it's like, oh, he stole it. Like Cooper Cup got a 75-yard reception, brings it down to the one-yard line, and some random running back for the Rams comes in, like a 
not random, but let's say Sony Michelle comes in, scores a touchdown, really didn't do much the rest of the game. He gets six points. And then a guy who has 150 yards and 10 receptions and was huge for his team ends up only getting, you know, 15 points or whatever, but he doesn't get the the touchdown. I don't know. I just think he didn't crazy. score the touchdown. <laughs> like touchdowns are worth six points. I get it, but it just it makes touchdowns too important. And also for fantasy, it's very hard to predict touchdowns. That's why I don't love it as much. I like the part of it where I can do a ton of research and be good in fantasy. And I think the way to do that is through volume and through target share and all of that good stuff. When you're when you have such a heavy like touchdowns matter so much. It's really hard to predict who's going to score this. I don't like the fact that you caught a pass, which you could catch behind the line of scrimmage, which is indefensible by the defense essentially. And you get a point or a half point that drives like that's bogus. Those little, those little, uh, jet, like the drop passes that they do, you get a half point for that. Even if you don't cross the line of scrimmage, like, come on. That's such a small part of it. And then you lose points for the negative yards anyway. So it all balances out. I don't like it. It's too easy to get a catch. And the fact that you're trashing this league that you just joined. Because and your only old men play in leagues that are standard. That's it. Who doesn't like more scoring? Who's like, oh, no, I want my fantasy games to be 50 to 50. Why do you got to do the old person voice? 50 to 52. <laughs> what did I suddenly... that we have fun. No fun in my league. <laughs> did I suddenly lose my teeth? <laughs> what? I don't understand what is happening there. There's no reason to do You're the old just like the board. NFL. No fun league. I love fun. I don't like stupidity. That's the difference. Oh, my goodness. You're so you just want to give people points for everything. Do they get points for suiting up, putting their jersey on frontwards? Is that, does that get a half point in your leagues, too? I'm saying the guy who got the team on the field matters more than the guy who just happened to you know rush for one half of an inch the guy who gets them down the field gets credit for getting them down the field he doesn't get credit for a touchdown that he doesn't score whatever whatever stats will play in your stupid standard league and i'll still win it's fine what if you don't win like do you feel pressure to win because immediately i sent out the email and people were like you're bringing in a professional you're bringing i don't in a feel ringer? pressure to win i feel pressure to get in the playoffs that would be embarrassing if i don't make the playoffs but the playoffs come down to luck for a lot of points like if you're against jamar chase last year and he scores 55 points in the game like you're probably not gonna win you know and the the calls have already gone out we're already getting people in the league oh whoever finishes in last place has to eat the mayonnaise like look what you started I'm not eating mayo, so but I also won't come in last place, so that's fine. Both of us immediately responded. We we're like, nope, not doing no. it. No chance. No, never, no, no, never again. There's that fun uh, challenge for the people have to go to the Waffle House and the I think it's mm-hmm. Waffle House or IHOP and eat uh, waffles for 24 hours. Either, either you have to stay there for 24 hours, or you have to finish 24 waffles, and then you can leave or pancakes. I don't know what that is. Whatever it is, yeah. But that would be a fun one. That's like not even a punishment. That's like a, like, all right, I get to eat waffles. Sign me up. That's pretty good. I think you would struggle. Oh, I would struggle for some of it for sure. I did once finish two boxes of cereal and a half a gallon of milk in one sitting though. Oh my God. Yeah. I like cereal. Not going to lie. You did not feel good after that. That's for sure. I was okay. Lucky charms and frosted flakes. Delicious. I highly recommend it. I do love me some frosted flakes. Mm -hmm. They, They are great. That's going to do it for this edition of the Gold Diggers podcast. Again, rate, review, 
follow the Niners Nation podcast network. Help us get our rating up on Apple Pods. Also, I need to do a little digging because I just discovered that there are international ratings and reviews that we get that you have to go to a special place to seek them out and find them. And I always tell people, if you leave a review, we'll read it. If it seems like I ignored your review, I apologize. That's not the case at all. I just haven't figured out how to see the international reviews, which I know we do have a lot of international listeners. So that's on me. That's interesting. I didn't know that. You taught me see? something. I know. I don't know if everybody knows this. So I'll figure it out. And when, when I find them, I will read them. I promise. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, y'all.